following program, the Home Buyer's Hour, is sponsored by Charlie Belafontaine and to the extent applicable, his guest. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of News Web Radio Company or its management. This is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyer's Hour on WCPT AM 820. And everybody is in a, a funny mood today, you no? Know, but everybody's going to be chit chatting. So change the dial. Don't listen to us this morning, all right? I'm going to do a little negative broadcasting right here. Literally the worst introduction that we've ever had. Man. Absolutely, it is. Um, but since I'm so bad, let me tell you who my not so favorite real estate attorney is today because he's been teasing me. <laughs> His name is Patrick Loftus. Patrick, please give us an introduction. You know, we only tease the people we love. Really, Amen. Which is, I, I must have been very loved in high school. <laughs> That's the only explanation I can have for being just absolutely the butt of everyone's joke. By the way, AM820, where facts matter. Thank you very much. Where do facts matter? Uh, I am Patrick Loftus, Loftus Law. I'm a real estate lawyer. I'm the guy you hire if you're selling your home, you're buying your home. Find me on social media at Loftus underscore law on Instagram, at Loftus Law on TikTok. I need 400, no, 550 more followers before I can go live on TikTok and you guys can see me doing this. Nice. Ooh. We'll work on that. Then. We're going to so, do a little broadcasting. So, Joey, give yeah. us your rundown, will you? I'm going to cut Patrick hi, off all day today. Oh, just brilliant. You sure you're not going to cut Joey off all day? I think I, I just did. did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who were you talking to? Joey Matthews, my favorite mortgage broker. Yeah. Mortgage dude. <laughs> Joey Matthews, NMLS, 1330694. You can call or text me at 630-235-2405. Find me at thevaloadnerd.com across all the social medias as at thevaloadnerd because I love VA loans. I love it. And DeMarcus, you don't know this running gag and just about every real estate agent who's listening right now. They're going to all be jealous because you are my favorite real estate broker in the entire Chicagoland area. All right. So I I love it like a love song. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Give us your contact information, please, and and tell everybody why you're so special. Projectiles in the room. I just got hit with the malarkey flag right in the top of my noggin. So please give us your contact. Okay. Hi, I'm Demarcus Hunter. I'm director of growth and innovation for Team Space Match, Chicago's fastest growing large team. Uh, well, in Chicagoland. So I can be found on Facebook uh, and on Instagram at List with Marcus um, or online at SpaceMatchInc.com. So SpaceMatchInc, where we um, we have it. Okay. Taking a step back. Yeah. The Space Match has nothing to do with NASA, has nothing to do with outer space. <laughs> so, so all the jokes about it need to stop. Um, okay. But no, it's all about uh, it's all about helping today's buyer find the right space for them. So I love it. I like that a lot. On the moon. Uh, my name is Charlie Belfont. My name is Charlie Belfont. <laughs> to the moon and back. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all revenge. I get it. My name is Charlie Belfont. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is three one two five four four nine one eight zero. Our website is thehomeinspectors.com. And helping us today in the producer's booth is Devin Tingle. And I just want to say that he posted up here on our Facebook page that comes across. Um, He's letting me know that the rules of WCPT say that I can actually punch Patrick in the face. Thank you, Devin. That's why you're my favorite uh, producer at this entire station. 
right? Demarcus, I want to hear from you. <laughs> talk to me. I want to. I want to know. We we're going to talk today about coffee um, how busy everything's getting and multiple bids and stuff like that. So give me yes, the rundown. Sir. Tell me why this is important, please. So um, normally you see a lot of uh, multi-offer situations in the middle of the summer. So think July when, you know, Sally Sue and Joe Bob decide that, <laughs> yes, these, these are real people. Yeah. Um, when they decide that, okay, in August, I need to have the, the kids in X school district so that I have, and I need to have enough time to like move them in the house and get them adjusted and things of that sort. We're actually seeing those multi-offer situations very, very early this time this year. So in Normally, it happens around the middle of the summer. I'm starting to see multi-offer situations as early as, I don't know, the end of January. And it's on all types of different uh, transfers of property. Like now, I, is this you on the sell side or on the buy side? Uh, it's been both. Been so both. on the sell side and on the buy side. So uh, for those choice properties, I mean, people need to move. Now, obviously, interest rates have have shifted a little bit, which is which has helped things out. Uh, I know that my December was a lot busier this year than in any December uh, before that because of the the change in interest rates. But also at the same time, it's people. A lot of people that were sitting on the sidelines are now waking up, and uh, and when they're waking up, they're like they're really going for it. So it's a lot of pent up demand out there. Yeah, there is. And and you know what I'm going to ask Joey. Normally I like to get the what's going on in the market from him before we get too started, you know, or too much into all this stuff. But Joey, what is going on with the market so, and expectations? Yeah. So since we topped out on rates in, in October, we've seen a steady decline uh, up until about two weeks ago when we saw our jobs report blow expectation out of the water. It's non seasonally adjusted, so I'm not really a big fan of the numbers that uh, came back on that. I, think we'll see some monster revisions later anyway um but also cpi consumer price index was higher than anticipated but still at a two and a half year low right so i i think i take that with a grain of salt and then the producer price index was also a lot of, a little bit hotter than anticipated so all the traders who were thinking there was going to be a change in the fed funds rate in march they, they, they started selling off their, uh, their their bonds, their MBS, their mortgage-backed securities, all those wonderful things. As that happened, rates started ticking up a little bit. So they've been up over the last two weeks. However, we've seen slight recovery over the last two days, the last two trading sessions, including this morning. So, Ooh. hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're still we're still high. Uh, I'm not going to throw rates out hey. there because people are going to be like, Come hey, on, Master Domus, you could do regulation it. Regulation Z at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get Joey sued. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey, so I got a question for you on, on the go. CPI number. Um, if you know, uh, I, I know that the CPI number, it's made up of a bunch of different places where people are spending money, where, whether it's rent or food or gas or whatever it is. Uh, was there a specific uh, sector where, you know, it's kind of dragging that number up or is it just kind of across the board, if you know? Well, I know that housing has not been fantastic for us, but I mean, I have the entire CPI report in front of me. I would just have to take a time to can take you, some time to see where the biggest adjustments were. Can you read the whole report to us uh, over oh. the net? <laughs> oh, all right. So the consumer <laughs> for all yeah. urban consumers increased 0.3%. All right. Uh, no, I'll, I'll pull it up though. 
Thank you. Know, you. Well, it's like, what am I on hold at Schwab or something? Or <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But DeMarcus, you oh, threw your hands God. up in the air and you gave a big loud woo while he was reading somebody's stuff. Why? What was no. so exciting for you? I mean, what we've typically seen is the 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 lower that interest rates go down, the more people are willing to participate in the market. Mm-hmm. So when people participate, you win in the sense that, like, you know, there's more inventory, there's more options for people. So, you know, I'm a man with many sets of skills, but, you know, as much as I try to make inventory appear on my own, sometimes I need a little hand, you know. Yeah. And right now, as far as I remember, inventory is still low. Very. It is. It is still relatively low, but there's more people that are jumping in, uh, that are jumping in this year that kind of sat on the sidelines last year. So, right. you know, does that mean prices are going to be driven up again? Probably. Mm. That's I the mean, way I'm seeing it. Supply and demand, right? Well, I can't. All I can say is that typically, when there's lower invent, when there's lower inventory, there's you know, when the inventory is lower than the demand, then typically prices get driven up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I see things a little bit the opposite. That's why it kind of surprised me a little hearing you say that. I find that when the interest rates start going up, my phone is ringing off the hook. It's like fear of missing out. I want to buy that house now. And remember, I'm always buyers. I'm never sellers. Yeah. It, it always comes down to motivation. So everyone's motivation sure. is different. Everybody's time is different. So, yeah, but, I, I, I mean, think- but we at Space Match, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep plugging it. That's that, all good. That real estate space on the match, space match, space um, match. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, the housing was can, up the most. Yeah. Housing was up the most. Yeah. Okay. And, and what time frame was that, Joey? It's uh, year over year. Year so over year. January to January. Yep. And, okay. and I look at our numbers as well when I graph them out, and we had a busier year last year, and, and I'm talking financial wise, than we did the year prior. So I would agree with that. And this year we're booming. And for me, DeMarcus, one thing that I always relate to, I always watch Joey and I listen to him and see how many pre-approvals he's doing. Mm -hmm. Because when he starts telling me that he's swamped with pre-approvals, I know that two weeks. I yesterday, baby. I know that that means we're going to keep staying busy for another two weeks. (laughs) What did you do with the rest of the day? I'm just bad oh, joke. Oh man, I just, you know closings, you know <laughs> go out and teach about VA loans. Are we That's the what I do. Flag? No, I'm not going <laughs> to toss the malarkey flag. Uh, One thing, Demarcus, you don't know about Joey is that he's never had a loan uh, been denied because of paperwork or anything like that. He's, I, I think I can say, nice. anal retentive. You know, <laughs> on the air, if I can, I'm going to get bleeped. But uh, nonetheless, he. He prides himself, and he demands the same thing from everyone else on his staff, which I just find amazing and valuable. So. I, I need to I need to just t- say something really quick. And, and you know, Demarcus, you're doing a really good job of keeping your composure, given that somebody went on mid journey and asked for an evil Ronald McDonald surrounded by I, I don't know what. But that is the thing that is in front of your face right now, and the fact that you are able to not be distracted by that. Charlie can't see it. DeMarcus definitely can, and I can see it. I'm just like, whoever did that uh, has too much free time. That doesn't. So the picture of Ronald McDonald doesn't scare me. It's knowing what I know about chicken nuggets. So. <laughs> All right, I, that let's let, let's let's draw draw a line under that because I, I'm sure McDonald's on some level is either a, a sponsor of this station or they would like McDonald's to be a sponsor <laughs> of this station, and thus. 
I am I am nothing but thumbs up for McDonald's. Yay, McDonald's. <laughs> Ranch sauce. Yo, I'm in. I almost dropped the F bomb. I love it. <laughs> you mean fries? Yeah, yeah of course fries. He did. That's the only F. Uh, That's it. Oh, you have man. to be a cunning linguist on right. on air. So I want to go and let's get back to business. I want to be cut potato. Let's get back to business. So you deal with sellers, you deal with buyers. Yes. I want a, a big word for me is expectations. Okay. All right. How okay. do you set the expectations? Let's start with the sellers. How okay. do you set the expectations with your sellers on what to expect during the entire real estate process okay. and how they should handle it? So, I mean, as a as a realtor, we all know that the realtor is, you know, is, you know, a uh, is an accountant, is a therapist, uh-huh. is a project manager, is a fixer, but really giving them a real state of the market like as it as it currently stands. So, you know, trying to give them, you know, a ho- uh, a home buyer's report from 2023, that's not going to cut it because we all know that like the way that things have been moving in, you know, especially Chicagoland's real estate market. I mean, if you have information that's, you know, more than two days out of or sorry, two days or two weeks out of date that, you know, you've already given false information. It's two. It's kind of like letting them know, like basically doing a proper CMA for them ahead of time to say, OK, this is where I think your house is going to sell at. This is where we list at. This is where I think you'll go into contract. These are how fast other homes in the in the nearby market are moving that are similar to yours. You know, do you uh, and then just asking them to sign right here on this you know, piece of paper, sign the life away. Well, and I, I imagine, you know, from there, you are really guiding them into establishing a strategy for, you know, going forward. I'm sure, you know, every, every, every if you give them a range on the CMA, for example, uh, everyone's going to default to the highest number because they think that's that's going to net them the most. Well, and that may not necessarily well, be the case, right? So, so with that, I'm at the end of the day, you know, I am just an advisor, just like you an advisor. So like at the end of the day, they make the final decision, but I'll do something like, okay, we'll put that number up there, but let's within two weeks, if, if we're not getting any traction, let's, um, you know, you, you'll give me absolute carte blanche authority to make an adjustment. And normally they'll say yes. Or we start on the private listings, which a lot of people, a lot of realtors don't take advantage of. We'll start on the private listings. And hey, if I don't get at least two phone calls while it's on the privates, then let's, let's take a look at that number again. And why would you want to do that? Why private listing? Why not get, it, get as much exposure as possible? Zero days on market. Mm. Yeah, you get Help me understand head. what that means. Okay. You know, pretend that you're I'm right. brand new in this. Okay. Picture this. Sicily, 1932. Oh, dear. Bo- okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I got so Tuscany what, in my mind. All right. So Sophia Petrillo walks in and she says, I want to sell my house in, in Sicily because the mob is after me and I'm going to move to the U.S. So what I would say, I would say is, hey, this is a really quick, quick sell. I know that there's a lot of homes on sale right now. You don't need the money, but but in about a month, all those homes are going to be sold through. And I'll give you the ability to pre-market your property so that when it goes live in next month, we'll already have some buyers lined up. 
So Sophia is like, hey, I don't need the money right now. I can just go ahead and like, you know, I, I have a shorter or sorry, I have a longer time frame to do this in. So while it's sitting on the private listings, people, some people can see it, but it's not on, you know, sites like the Z and the R <laughs> and, you know, the CB and the the C pass and sorry if you notice I'm deleting out you know most of the names of these right. uh, they're not paying us uh, so, <laughs> exactly know, we're not gonna so give these them syndicate any. websites all right so one I want to we did get a question from online you know first of all Joey you got a nice compliment from one of my inspectors who's retiring Dave and he said that you hey. did his pre uh, pre approval and so thank you yes, for taking care of our guys but he's also asking a question straight to you Demarcus. Uh Um, How do you feel about listing a small house empty to make it look larger? And he's talking about 960 square feet. Um, I will. So my preference is to never list any house empty because even a small house listed empty looks even smaller. Mm. So if you I will say that minimal furniture just to show people how to use the space. But if I would recommend that if you have the choice like keep some furniture in it, but be very uh, be very tactful in what you put in the space. So pictures yeah. of mom, you can pack up. Golf clubs, you can pack up. But you know, showing uh, maybe a entertainment, you know, an, an entertainment center, um, uh, a coffee table, and a couch and a sofa, like yeah, and yeah, make it look like an IKEA. You know, I, from what, what we hear from the various agents we've talked to, the vibe I get is that. You want to present your home uh, to a buyer and, and make them imagine themselves living in the home. It's hard to do that with empty space. Empty space just looks like empty space, no. you know, whether it's a, a living room or a storage locker. No, um, I, I do have a little workaround because I'm a man of, you know, a special set of skills. Uh, <laughs> Um, All right, special skills. Yeah, you got everyone so, going. Here, here we go. Uh, it's like <laughs> lean Mr. in on this Neeson. one. Yeah, this is Liam Neeson. I, I, don't have like I don't have any more B- uh, yeah. Milwaukee flags. <laughs> here, is. I'll throw you some Milwaukee back. <laughs> so what I will do is, so for people that are like, hey, I just, I clear the space. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested in entertaining the concept of like, you know, the staging furniture or whatever. I'll actually have the pictures digitally staged. And then when I'm presenting the property, I'll make sure to have some way, you know, a big iPad, a television screen or something that's showing how the space is being used in these digital pictures. So like many times when they come into a blank space, there's some difficulty, like, you know, we're not all imagined dragons. So, uh, was that like Puff the Magic Dragon? Uh, was that the imaginary dragon? Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, oh, we need to get you current. Dragon so like, like a huh? Jeopardy answer. So having a, yeah, so having a nice iPad and they're like, oh, would a couch go over here? Then I say, well, actually, and then I turn the iPad around and I start going through the pictures to show different angles of how the, the furniture should be placed. Now, why wouldn't you just pay a staging company to do that? Well, some, so a lot of times the staging fee is, is, is pushed more towards the cost seller. prohibitive. Yeah. And so some people find it cost prohibitive. There are some workarounds with that, but you got to talk to the right agent yeah. to know how to work that around. Yeah, I feel like. Special you know, set of skills. I'm just saying. Yeah. I feel like. IJS. IJS. You know, I mean. It, <laughs> what? Um, 
Definitely, I have space, no idea what they mean. Space matches. I'm just saying. Properties on the moon at this point, as far as I'm so the, we do nothing with the moon <laughs> yet. Yet. Yeah. I so mean, we, you want we, to be the first mover in the space. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yes. All right. So for <laughs> sellers, you want to basically let them know what's going to happen. What do you do? You do anything with them to prepare the house? Other uh, than the state, yeah, the we, staging we, stuff you mentioned. Oh, definitely. So we always, for me. I mean, I can't talk about those other guys out in the market, but for me, um, I want to hear from you. (laughs) Just me. Um, So I always walk the home and I kind of gauge their level of like their level of interest in making changes or making alterations. So if if I get any pushback, you know, I'm I tell them I basically give them the multiple options like we could go with this. We could go with that. Uh and then what the what the consequences are for doing so and let them decide. So you always have to gauge like their level of interest in getting involved and their level of motivation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you able to show them data like for example, you know, data that supports uh if we if we actually have it staged for this amount, you know, typically we'll get this percentage more um and here's, you know, here's the, the the numbers that back that up from my last 2 years of of doing this or, you know, virtual staging, you know, th- I feel like at the end of the day you, as a seller you're going to be wanting to weigh the cost benefits, right? Yeah. Ex- Show me what this investment is is going to net me because if if I look at Okay, it's going to cost me fifteen hundred dollars to stage the property, or I can virtually stage it for for two hundred. If I'm going to get five percent more on my um, on my return, I'm gonna I'm gonna tend to spend that fifteen hundred dollars to stage it as opposed to the virtual staging. So there are um, there there is data out there. So a lot of it translates into days on market, and so you can kind of like uh, cross-reference the days on market for certain properties in an area, and then actually look at like how they were actually staged, okay, um, or not staged, and like that's normally enough motivator. Now, if it if it's in a property, or sorry, if it's in an area that you know where properties move fairly quickly, sometimes it's a little harder to to push that, but typically it's um, it's. You're looking at like those higher priced homes. So like I would say when you're getting to the, you know, I would say between if you're above eight or nine hundred thousand, like definitely like it's worth the staging if it's um, or if you're in a place where like properties take more than like 40 days on market, which is around the current average. So so like if you're if properties take more than 40 days, if properties are at a higher price point, uh, that staging is normally, you know, it's 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 really worth it. Now, the virtual staging, I personally think that you should never put pictures up online that don't have any furniture in it. But I mean, that's up to that's up to the uh, the intended seller. So that's and you, you're talking about days on market. You know, I I've come to appreciate that that's an important that's an important number. Um, yes, sir. And, you know, when you go back to talking about putting something up on the private listing network, you're able to get some data that normally you would only be able to get after you put the house up on the MLS. But um, yeah, you yeah. know, that's kind of the one of the advantages of um, you know putting it in front of that more limited audience, um, you can kind of, you, you kind of get a free hit, um, yeah. you know, and, and maybe even sell it before you, you did yep. a bunch of sell before print. That's yeah. what, that's what everybody dreams of. 
You know, and and not look. We've we've also talked to agents that are like, oh, absolutely not. You know, we want as many eyeballs. I want to get you know as many offers as I possibly can. We're going to price it, you know, right at that number that's going to attract ten offers, and then you know we're we're going to we're going to drive the the price up through a bidding war. I mean, it's it there's there's different strategies, and a, a lot of people, yeah. um, you know. Think theirs is the better one. Yeah, yeah. My little pea brain doesn't absorb that. I don't know why. Yeah. To me, I'm the one who says, you know, supply and demand. I want as many people to see this. I want them bidding it up. I want to get as much money but, as I can. And it's just hard for me to accept the limited, you know, like you said, private listing stuff. It, well, I've never met my wife. So what? She wants the least. She wants the least at the Motel Six or what? <laughs> That's a great point too. Oh, okay, you know, that is a good point. If you haven't sold your your own home recently, I mean, Demarcus, you can probably speak to this. Mm-hmm. How much fun is it when you get the call as a seller and they're like, "Hey, you need to be out of the house at six p.m. on Tuesday." Correct. And so what it what it always comes down to is like is motivation and what does the client want. So there's a lot of things that I want because, hey, I make a commission, and if I get a higher price point, then I get a slightly higher commission, just a little bit. But what, at the end of the day, I have to do what the client wants. So, like, keeping the client, you know, first and, and foremost in my mind, like, sometimes, okay, so Sophia Potrello, she's got to run from the mob, and so... Price it to sell, but but for her, but for her, the actual price point is more important. So she can let it float for a little bit, but when when it's time to close it up and close it, you know, close it up, she needs uh, all of that uh, Italian lira to be converted to dollars in the highest, you know, the highest path possible. Yeah, we were talking Godfather before the show. That's why this is coming up. Okay. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah, Godfather, Close a little bit that. of Golden Girls. You know, it all kind of blends right, together. Now, Golden Girls, they're a bunch of tough-ass women. There's yeah. no lie there. So I'm never um, allowed to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wonder you if know. it's time to go around the horn. Yeah, no, but let's do it now uh, that you brought it up. You start. I messed up. I'm sorry, guys. Um, my name is Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer, and I have no sense of timing. However, um, I can I can get better. I can make up for that. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of other special skills um, skills that even Demarcus doesn't. Oh, uh, never mind. Um, Tawdry. Uh, what am I doing? Um, okay, find me on social media uh, if you you know want me to take my foot out of my mouth. I can do that uh, at Loftus Law. On TikTok at Loftus underscore law on Instagram. Outstanding. Joey, can you give us your contact info, please? Well, you can call or text me at 630-235-2405. Find me at thevaloanerd.com or across all them social medias as at thevaloanerd. You do have the did, best voice. Did we in get the, world. the sexy saxophone on our on our uh, soundboard? No, it's no not there. Devin. You know what? We'll I'm, work on come it on, D. Tingle. Yeah, call I'm, me now. I'm not. I'm not getting punched <laughs> in the face on the, the, this time around. No, Demarcus. If you don't mind, give us okay. your contact info, please. Surely. Uh, so, Demarcus Hunter, Director of Innovation and Growth at Team Space Match of Coldwell Banker Gold Coast. Uh, you can call me or text me at 773-531-6163 or on those uh, social media pages. List with Demarcus. I like that a lot. And don't call me Shirley anymore. I don't mm. like it. A little airplane reference there. My name Wait. is Charlie Belfontaine, and I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. 
.com. That's plural, O-R-S, and it is a .com. Uh, we also own a training school for home inspectors. It's Home Inspection University of Illinois. That website is H-I-U-I-L.com, um, Home Inspection University of Illinois. So if you're interested in joining the profession, please reach out to me. We'll do what we can to get you started the right way. How have um, they not remade that movie? Airplane is so brilliant. Especially when stuff is going to hit the fan. Absolutely. There's a bunch of good lines. You I know. love that movie. You and me both. Um, so let's let's switch it up. I want to go to the other side now. Thank you for so much, Demarcus, for sharing about the uh, sellers and getting the houses listed and what they should expect. I, I'm I'm extending internal curtsy to you now. And now I want to flip it around and and go. What about your buyer clients? You okay. know, how does that expectations? What do you want them to do? How do you make them attractive? Oh, for them, it's um, so you got to have your negotiating sheet in your mind at all times. So explain that to me. Okay. All right. So in a former life, I did. I had a. I had another special set of skills, but it was more in corporate America. So, um, so with that being said, I'd go in and I'd say, "Okay, Mister Big Food Manufacturer, I want to, I want to sell you ten million dollars worth of equipment, but I know what you want. You know what I want, so I'm going to write it out so that I give you all of the things that that I don't really care about that I know you want, aka levers." in hopes that you're going to give me some of the things that I want that you probably don't care about. So with, with that being said is preparing the buyers, knowing like knowing what their limits are and knowing what they really want, knowing the things that they don't care about. Um, Can you give us some examples of that? Some or? examples. Let's say Sally Sue and Billy Bob. Uh, we, we, I think we spoke about them earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, They're still so, looking. So Sally Sue in the, the Hazard County. Yes. Yes. Right. No, that's the Dukes. I know. But uh, they live in I've, Hazard County. Okay, that's true. <laughs> All, All right. together. Okay. Oh Daisy. Oh Daisy. Um so let's say that they are they are interested in a home that's on the market in April, but Sally Sue and Billy Bob don't have the to have the kids in school until August. So they have no real motivation. To move right now because they don't want to yank the kids out of school. They also know that according to the rules of their mortgage, they don't have to take over the home for about 60 days um, after close. So they can actually say, you know what? We can be as flexible on the on the closing date as possible, which for a seller is probably important because they may not have found their new home yet. So giving that flexibility there. Uh, also You're talking about like Post home, post close occupancy. Correct. Yeah. So what what that is is the closing takes place, right? The the money changes hands. Uh, the Thank buyer you. becomes the owner, uh, but the seller stays for some period of time, uh, which is you know that it's not the typical thing. It's not uncommon. Um, now, normally, what happens is that the seller will set aside some money in escrow to cover potential damages, yes. and then they will pay rent. Now, there's those are some other levers that you can uh, pull as far as the amount of the escrow and the amount of the rent. Correct. Correct. That's that is true. So, uh, so it's so one of them is you know what we what we in uh, the real estate term we call it lease back. Like oh, we can throw in a lease back. Yeah, same thing. Um, yeah, Just different words. We can talk about um, like like basically knowing anything that the what's important to the seller that you don't really care about. Um, uh, in terms of like you know after the inspection, if there is something that is you know pretty minor that like or you know that the uh, the seller is pretty tapped, 
and you know that that you could take care of pretty easily, just give it away. Just say, you know what? I'm willing to give you an olive branch. I'm giving an olive branch in your direction just to move the negotiation a little bit faster. This is after the the contract is accepted, of course. But how would a how would a buyer know that? Huh? How would a buyer know how tapped a seller is? Um, he's well. He should have a very uh, he should have a very skilled realtor that's able to ask. So, as a as a buyer agent, you can't ask these questions directly. But when you're when you're chatting with the listing agent, you I mean, some of it is just to be friendly and cordial, but other it's it's to get as much information as possible to make sure you have the sexiest offer. So, yeah. and the sexiest offer doesn't mean the sexiest price. It, it, many times, it's the terms and conditions behind which you get that money. Yeah, I, I think what you're what you're talking about is signals that you pick up. You know, Signs. there, there are there Smoke. are certainly different things you can ascertain, or at least have an inkling is going on on the other side. Um, and, you know, DeMarcus, what you're describing is, you know, I think a, a very effective uh, negotiation technique. The way I characterize it and the way it was taught to me is is called ones for tens, right? So all the terms that are going to go into the contract, you assign a number value, one through 10. So if price is an eight for you, but closing date is a two, that means that you can give away uh, you can you can give, give away on, nothing. You can, you can give on the closing date without really sacrificing much for yourself, uh, while maintaining that purchase price that is an eight for you. And you can go on down the line as far as what um, you know what is important and what isn't. And you know that's I think a very um, concrete way to start to understand. The, the concept of leverage and where okay. your leverage is and and where it is not. All right. So continue, DeMarcus. What else? Um, also, what else do you do to make your buyer attractive? Uh, to make my buyer attractive, have you? Can we talk about escalation agreements? Sure. Anything you want. Okay. I don't think that's prohibited. Devin, is that prohibited? Escalation agreements? Is that too naughty? Is that too tawdry? Devin says we're good. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Somebody is making fun of us using the Billy Bob turn, you know, and I love my North Shore. I live on it. Yeah. Um, so maybe I owe them apology for the Hillbilly Thanksgiving okay. comment let's, that they put up there, but thank you. Let's, yeah. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's say uh, we'll we'll call them Jean-Paul Gaultier and Madonna. Cause tell I think me what did you do? <laughs> okay, so we're talking about price escalation agreements. Yes. So many times um, I have clients. They're like, "Well, I don't want to overpay for this house." And like, you know, uh, prime example would be uh, I'm working with a client, and they we were actually buying some land to just to actually. You know, take the house that's on it, knock it down, and put a really big house. And so this is, this is, uh, let's call him Jean Paul from the North Shore. He didn't want to overpay, but he also, I'm like, so if we don't, if we don't pay enough, we don't win. So with that being said, we used a price escalation agreement, which basically says, I'm willing to go up to this maximum price in increments of X to be the winning bidder. So let's say that the uh, let's say the home was listed at five hundred thousand. He was willing to go to he was willing to start at four seventy five and go up in increments of five grand to be the to be the winning bidder. But he would not go above six hundred grand. I have two questions about this. The the one question that comes up every single time 
with these escalation clauses is how do I know that they're not, you know, malarkeying me? That's not that I mean, word. how will uh, you know, Whitney? How yeah, will you know? Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. How, how do, you know, and, and they, they'll ask me after the contract is entered into. They go, how do I know that I, there was actually another offer that I had to beat out? That's that's always yeah. the the first so, the first question. So, now, before you answer that question, I'm going to ask a second question because sure. I just want to be confusing. The other one is that I've I've seen it doesn't happen often, but I have seen where sellers are put off by that and they go, that's, you know, I don't, I don't like that negotiation tactic. It, fe- it feels dirty for some reason. Uh, is Contrary. there any way you're is the word I like? Sure. Uh, <laughs> you can, you know, the, the English language has like 10,000 words. That's one of the great things about it. Um, <laughs> as a total aside, uh, how do you address those two issues? Okay, so I'll start with the I'll start with number two and then work back to number one. Uh, number two is it always hurts. It never hurts to ask, and uh, sometimes it depends on how quickly the negotiation is moving. Like they're like highest and best is in two minutes. <laughs> I love that one. Highest and best by noon. Yeah. Yeah, that's they give you time limits on that. Oh or? boy, don't do I mean, yeah. yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's, I've, I've literally, I've literally pulled over on the side of freeways to like write an offer. Uh, uh, it's just, just, just to make it. You got to make it happen, Captain. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but addressing number two, so you can put it on. But if if the listing agent says we're not accepting that, then you take it off. Also, if you have the ability, if you have the time to kind of like you know gauge them ahead of time. You ask. So like, mm-hmm. oh, are our escalation, our price escalation agreements being accepted? And they'll say yeah or nay. And actually for this one, for this, this case in particular, the price escalation agreement is what saved it because no one else asked about it. So they just put in an offer and then I came in $5,000 above the highest offer. Now, working back to or, the first quarter. did you? Mm-hmm. Well, so. <laughs> yeah. And then for number one. So one part of this is there is some trust, but I would say this goes more the realm of Ronald Reagan. It's trust and then verify. How, now, how do you verify? <laughs> it's, it's not like I can ask them to, to you know, show, show, yeah, me, show that. me all the other offers. Um, yeah. Well, they have to show you that next highest offer. So huh. now, now they're I've going seen to it where they don't. Um, they they have to show you the next highest offer. Now they don't. They obscure the name of the person and any information that would basically, well. Okay, in this case, the the listing agent sent me the full offer, and I'm like, dude, that's not how you play this. Yeah. But typically, what they will do is they will um, they'll white out or they'll find some way to redact the actual the actual other buyer. But then they'll show you, okay, you know, okay. your offer was their offer was this. So then you said you would go five thousand above. So now you are the winner, winner chicken. Dinner. I, have, I have another question on this. So, okay, so so prices. You you talked earlier about uh, terms and conditions, right? So price being one, but mm-hmm. other terms and conditions being also relevant. For example, what kind of financing is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are they asking for one hundred and twenty five percent on the on the tax credit? Uh, you know, when is <laughs> and they're going to get it? They're going to get one hundred twenty five. Well, maybe sometimes. Uh, we'll wait till the twenty twenty four reassessments start coming out. Ooh. Don't even get me started on that. Uh, but you know, closing date, all of these things. So that escalation clause doesn't account for that. Um, and, and I guess I wonder, as a seller, how, how do you then 
how, how do you then deal with that? I mean, I guess you, you are allowed to say, well, you know, I'm still not accepting your offer because the closing date's wrong and I'm going to take this one that's 5000 less. But, you know, that's got to be a, a heck of a pickle to be in for, no. for everyone involved. I mean, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's motivation is different. So, like, price is not everything. Mm. So if I told you I could give you, I'd say, Patrick, I have some money in my pocket. Either Go I can, on. Yeah. No. And, <laughs> you're like, you've got me. All right. I'm listening. So I could give you either, I could give you $10,000 out of my pocket right now. Okay. But if you sit on, but if you sit on your chair and don't move from your chair for five hours, I will give you $15,000. I'm in. Okay. I'm confused. Now, <laughs> now, now what if I give yeah. you, now what if. Just before I'm about to whip out the, the money. The money. I say, Patrick, I need you to drink eight cups of coffee. But but I told you you can't move from that chair to get the fifteen grand. So now which so now which offer is more interesting? I mean, I'm, I'm going to pee my pants, obviously, <laughs> but no, I, I, I see where you're going. Well, it's, that's that's a different kind of show. Let, let's, uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's assume one, one of the conditions is I, uh, if I pee my pants, I get zero. Um, then I'm probably taking the 10 grand. Uh, you know, right away. So, so fair enough. You know, the, the, the point is that, you know, it, even with a sweeter purchase price, if there's something else in there that is just a, a no go for me, I, I'm, I may be led to take the lower price. So what are your no-goes? What are your negatives? What are you going to tell your client to be competitive? You know, I like hear a lot of gap waivers. I hear inspection waivers. I hear, you know, there, there's a bunch of things. What do you think is appropriate in today's market? Um, let's see. So the escalation agreements are are appropriate. But that goes back to the money. Yeah. The the gap waiver, so there's got to be a lot of faith and trust with the with the, with the lender. Well, with with the buyer, so uh, so the appraisal waiver is basically saying, okay, if if there is a difference between what the house appraises at and what the uh, what the house appraises at and what I said I would be willing to pay, I'd be willing to pay that out of pocket. Hey, Joey, do you do any of that sort of research when you know on the house and what you think the appraisal is going to come back at, so you can give? I stay in up? my lane. I stay in my lane. <laughs> I told you they they don't want they don't want none of that. Let me let me ask a slightly different question, Joey. So let's say that I'm a buyer. I'm I'm coming in uh, at 500k to purchase um, that 900 square foot uh, single family home, and you know we're worried about the appraisal, and we think eh, 480 is maybe and and so I come to you, Joey, and I say, look, I'm going to offer 500k. I might. Be you know I, I, I'm going to make a, an offer with an, an appraisal gap waiver. Let me just briefly explain that. I, I think Demarcus did, but I'm going to do it also just because. Um, so when you are getting a loan to buy real estate, uh, you're, you've offered and, and been accepted a, a certain price, but mm-hmm. the lender is going to send an appraiser out because they want to make sure that the house that's being pledged as collateral is is ha, is valuable enough to be collateral for that loan, right? So if that appraisal is not at least the purchase price, you as a buyer either are going to say, I can't buy the house and, mm-hmm. and exercise the mortgage contingency and get out, hopefully, um, or you're going to have to bring in more money. And I guess in a, in a very long-winded way, the question I'm asking you, Joey, is do you, if I come to you and I say, hey, this is what I'm going to offer, 
do you think I'm I'm financially able to you know make up that difference and and make the loan happen? Is that something that you're able to opine on for the for the buyer, or are they just sort of like you know make sure you've got you know the the, the yeah. uh, liquid funds to do it? I, I show them what it's going to look like if it appraises at the lowest. They'll go on a gap waiver. So if they plan on putting twenty percent down, right? Then and it comes in short, then. You can avoid having to put more down, right? You could, if it comes in short, and now we just have a loan to value position at five uh, percent equity, right? And this is much easier to actually show on paper than explain, right? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. the, what, what you're saying is you show them the numbers, it, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, and then the buyer can say, yeah, I can, I can make that work, or they go, yeah. Ooh, I better, I better, uh, you know, curb my enthusiasm in terms of. Um, how much of, if any, uh, gap waiver I'm willing to, to offer. For sure, for sure. And it, it usually doesn't affect their cash to close, usually doesn't affect their cash to close. It will affect mortgage insurance. That's what, that's what you really see when you offer a gap waiver most of the time is mortgage insurance coming into play. And when you're talking about mortgage insurance, you're, you're talking about PMI like property mortgage insurance, right? Uh, not property mortgage insurance. That's a private mortgage insurance or mortgage insurance. Private, premium. thank you. Yeah. This is yeah. why you're here to correct me from all my no, miswords and stuff like that. When does, when does private mortgage insurance kick in? So maybe, maybe give us a little bit of, of uh, you know, a 101, uh, more yep. private mortgage insurance 101 uh, sort of uh, syllabus here. When your loan to value position is at a 20% or greater mm-hmm. um, when you close, then you have no mortgage insurance on a conventional loan. Right. If you are you under, said twenty, or yeah. did, am I? Did I hear yeah. that right? Did you mean to say eighty percent, or am I? Loan to value. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Equity, equity position. Yes, I said. I that knew back. what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the bad. tens so, of listeners, you know, they need to yeah. be properly oh, educated. That was a nice catch. We misspeak at if, times. It's all right. So, if your loan to value position is eighty percent or less, you will not have uh, mortgage insurance on the loan on a conventional loan. If you are over that eighty percent number due to an appraisal because our value is based off of the lesser of the contract price or the appraised value, then you will have a mortgage insurance piece to deal with. So that's when it comes into play. And the amount can can vary wildly. It it, it varies wildly. It depends Mm -hmm. on, you know, are you a first time home buyer? Are you using a home possible home ready program? Or how's your credit look, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's private mortgage insurance offered by private companies to insure the loan. So, and your loan to value position. So if you're between five and 10%, if you're at, Five to fifteen percent, or ten to fifteen percent. It, it varies wildly depending on the full situation. Yeah, I love it. And Demarcus, I know I asked you an open question. It's not fair. I was kind of one of the things I've heard from Joey a lot, and I'm going to ask Joey to explain this: mm-hmm. is how the mortgage uh, broker can make your client more attractive. All right. And uh, and I was well, kind of expecting that when in there, and you mentioned a bunch of other things which were great. But Joey, what do you do to help a buyer? you know, become the the one that they're going to pick, the most attractive offer? I think the easiest thing that anyone can do is pick up the phone, right? And mm-hmm. anyone being, you know, someone in your position, a mortgage broker, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I'm very nuts about knowing when an offer is going in. If I know, if I have someone that I know is very actively shopping and they want to make an offer on a property, I ask for the address. I update the pre-approval to be specific to the offer and to the address. Once I know that the offer's gone in, I wait 15 minutes and then I call the listing agent. I talk to the listing agent about the offer that they may or may not have even seen in their email box yet because one of the biggest problems in our industry is communication. Mm-hmm. If they oh know that God, I'm I actively communicating with them, 
then yeah. they know they're not going to have an issue when they accept the contract, when things are going through the process. They know that I have an open line and I'm ready for them. Oh, look, the contract fell into my spam folder. Uh, thank thank goodness uh, someone like Joey yeah, picked called. up the phone. I mean, oh, my God. I, I, everything, a lot. everything Joey is saying it here, does. by the way, if... I'm interviewing, if I'm shopping around for, for loans, uh, you know, this is stuff that you need to be asking each broker, do they do that? If, well, each if broker should be asking their vendors that, too. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, 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 the home buyer who is shopping for a mortgage broker. If, if the mortgage broker is not doing each of those things that Joey just said, you do not hire that mortgage broker. Do not hire that mortgage broker because you're going to be so disappointed every time you make an offer and it's and it's not getting accepted because we are in a competitive market. And, you know, reputation counts. Well, no doubt about that. And I, I think that people tend to take those loan estimates and, you know, God bless them if they're trying to compare those things because they're impossible. That was something I actually wanted to ask you about, Joey. Maybe yeah, maybe next time. Um, I'll ask. But, we only got five minutes. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so it's like uh, when when they're shopping and they're only paying attention to the rate, or they're only paying attention to the cash to close because they have gone to one of your favorites, Joey. Um, you know, they're missing out on the stuff that you just talked about that is so important. Yeah. So one thing, so I actually, a closing I had literally just funded about an hour and a half ago uh, out in Georgia, they shopped me against Zillow, which is fine, right? I'll be shopped against anybody. I really don't care. But they came back to me like, hey, we're going to work with Zillow. You know, they have offered me a 6.625. I'm just talking about rates because it's specific to this file. Mm-hmm. And I was at a 7.125. I was like, okay, cool. How many points were they paying? I see how that's pricing. They were paying one and a half points to get to a 6.625. Mm. That's what it came down to. It's because they don't offer apples to apples comparisons. Whenever I'm pricing anything out, I do not include discount points because it's disingenuous pricing and it's to lure someone into a deal that may or may not be in their best interest. And now I'm activated. This is what I'm talking about, wow, Joey. Did, he, did, I, did, 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 oh. did you literally just like pick up your desk and like throw it? <laughs> he slammed his fist on the table because he does that, that every now and this then. is a passionate man we're talking about. But Joey, this is something you know you and I have talked about before where – even I look at two loan estimates. I'm like, don't know, don't know. And I, yeah, you know, I think I don't know if you got this one or not. I know that I had somebody go through the the company that rhymes with pocket mortgage. And then they ended oh. up, you know, they they called me because the they wanted some sort of smooth, a certification smooth. for you know water coming into the basement and that. So they told them they spilled water. Everything's dry. There's no after leaks or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't want to. But I'm like, and then I said, I'll just fill out the, well, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. You know, I'll do whatever they want. I'm going to charge them for it. But they're they're like, I see a stain on a wall and I want to go ahead and make a client, you know, pay $300 or more to send somebody out there to certify that it's not actively leaking. I mean, it doesn't take anybody with a quarter of a brain to figure that out. And then I, I told him, I said, well, I could do the FHA certification for the structural and that has water included. I'm more than happy to complete that. And then I get a phone call from the rocket guy. He's like, well, we don't need that. We don't, it's not pocket. He said the pocket. Yeah. yeah, the pocket guy. You know, yes. And he's like, we don't, have, we don't need an FHA because no it's not an FHA by... mortgage. Um, <laughs> nor will it ever be. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, that would never happen. But it, it's just crazy on some of these secondary costs that they run up. 
and it's just it does not help the client you know well, and this is where we go back to the person not the company truth and, and lending truth so, and lending so joe before yeah they, I, they I still know. follow the rules but they just whatever i, I just i want to close the loop with joe here because um he was saying that that they went with this other company at first because of that disingenuous loan estimate and joey you said you said you closed that loan so how did that how did that come about I said, hey, if you really want this rate, I'm charging less for it. If that's what you want to do, we can do this. But I mean, this is the problem with my industry is that people will just lie to get your business. And that's what I deal with, period. And then sometimes the biggest advertisement isn't always, well, never is it always, you know, the better deal. And and you're welcome. I'm glad and I'm happy for the client. I didn't make any money on that deal and I'm fine, you know, but what happened was, they got what they wanted, and they're in a happier place. And thank you for taking care of people that trusted yeah. me. Yeah, so. at the at the end of the day, that's that's what we all want. You know, we're we have a client focus, uh, and at the end of the day, we we're all advisors, and we're all trying to help them make the best decision for them at yeah. that given time. They got to live there, man. And you yeah, know, yeah. It, I don't want them, you know, putting the key in the door, you know, whatever, hitting their thumb on the nest thumbprint. Whatever I got all worked up in the last um, minute, but we got to close this and up. And thinking Patrick. about what a you know what a rotten you know group of people uh, tricked them into buying the home. You know that's not where I want to be. I'm right with you, Patrick. Give us the final words, please. The final words. Yeah, it's how the do you final. Uh, find me on Loftus Law at TikTok. That didn't make sense. Find me on TikTok at Loftus Law. Find me on Instagram Loftus underscore Law. Thank okay. you, Joey. Please. Ah, oh, you can find me on the social medias as at the VA Low Nerd. You can find me at the VA And Demarcus, please give us your okay. contact. Well, you can find me just driving all around Chicagoland, but find me <laughs> online at uh, List with Demarcus on Facebook and and Instagram, or um, or I mean, just text seven seven three five three one six one six three. Say that one more time, a little bit slower. Okay, so on Instagram or on Facebook, no, the phone number, please. Okay. Seven seven three five three one six one six three. Call or text your questions. I get for me um, the doing business is just the unintended consequence of a satisfied customer. And my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I want to thank everyone for listening. Devin Tingle, thank you again for making all this stuff work. You've been listening to the Home Buyers Hour on WCPT. And again, my name is Charlie, and I am out. Mm-hmm.